Amen. Praise God. Now, um, so this is the Believer's Authority Part 2. So if we're not here last week, you've not missed out too much. Uh, this is going to be a package on its own, right? But you can also make, um, you can avail yourself to last week's, last week's message on, the, on YouTube and Facebook. Right. Uh, since I started preparing for this series, I have experienced some pushbacks, some demonic pushback. And why do you think we experience this? Oh, I may have experienced this. Now, if there's one topic the devil does not want you to know, have clear understanding and revelation understanding of, is the believer's authority, is who you are in Christ. Because as long as it can keep you captive, is happy. Anything that will keep you free, anything that will make you free, it does not want you to know. Amen. Jesus said in the book of uh, John 8, 32, he said, If you continue my word, then, then ye are my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The Bible tells us in Acts 10, 38, that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with the power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. Jesus said, I am come that you may receive life and have life. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14 says that. Let's go there. Hebrews 2 14. Hebrews 2 14. Hebrews 2 14 reads, let me make the tritic. Hebrews 2 14. So this is the Nick King James Version. So inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same. Watch this. That through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now if you look at the verses I've been calling out, there's, some, there's a common term there, bondage. Because the opposite of freedom is bondage. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The opposite of um, another word for oppression is bondage. And think of different kind of bondages or oppression, mental oppression, emotional oppression, anything that does not allow you to experience the peace, the goodness, the kindness of God. The Bible tells us that it is for freedom that God has called you to freedom in Christ Jesus. Paul said that God has called us to a life of peace. So anything that is different or opposite to peace, to freedom, is not of God, it's of the devil. Amen. Anything that brings the discomfort, anything that tends to control you, anything that tends to hijack your will and make you do what you don't want to do, is oppression, is bondage. And God has not created us in Christ Jesus to be in any kind of bondage. And believers need to know this. Now, there's a, there's a bad thing about bondages and all, kind, and all these evil things. You see, you may experience them so long to the point that it becomes a lifestyle. That bondage, sickness, diseases just becomes a lifestyle. And you are med self-medicating or you are coping. God has not called you to cope with stupidity, with nonsense of the devil. God has not called you to cope with the baggages of the devil. God has not called you to cope with the madness and the evil of the devil. Believers need to get to a point whereby they are angry at anything that controls them. 
The Bible says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Ephesians chapter 6. I'm giving you guys a word that's come to my spirit. I have my notes, but I, I, I tend to teach for the, you guys who are joining us for the first time. I tend to teach as I'm being prompted by the Holy Ghost. I'm going to come back to some series of uh, some uh, points in my, in my note, but let's, let's, let's just allow the Holy Ghost to lead us this way. Ephesians 6 there says that I think from verse 10 it said that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but, but against principalities against powers against rulers of darkness against spiritual wickedness in high place wickedness but do you know the good news Ephesians 3.10 the Bible says to the intent that God wants to show his manifold wisdom to principalities and powers through you let's go to Ephesians 3.10 let's go to Ephesians, Ephesians 3.10 Sam, you're getting that Ephesians 3.10. I need to work on my accent because I've got um, a sweet um, English lady here and um, she's doing very, very well to hear, to hear my pronouncement. So I think I need to start taking some elocution classes. So guys, when I come to church and I'm speaking, oh, good morning, guys. How are you, right? I'm thinking, Pastor, are you okay? No, because I'm working on my pronunciation. <laughs> oh, praise God. Watch this. Ephesians 3.10 said to the intent that now, it didn't say in future, now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church and you are the church. You are the body of Christ. I'll take it again. So to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. So God wants to make a show of who he is to principalities and powers, to demons, through you and I. So if God is saying that it is through you guys that I want to demonstrate my authority to demons, powers, then it is an insult on the identity and the personality of, yours, of you as a believer that demons are rising over you. Do you hear what Jesus said? And, um, I'm trying to remember which, uh, is it John 8, right? I think verse 12, I can't remember right now. John 8, 12, 14. It said, let's go there. John 8. Is it John 8? I can't remember right now, but let me go if I can find, if I can find it. John 8, 12. Uh, let's check. For, let me check. Is it 14? I can't remember. So Jesus said there, he said, what, he said, the works that I do shall you also do. Greater works than these shall you do. Okay, it's John chapter 14. Yeah, I got it. John 14, 12. John 14, 12. Are we there? He said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. Verse 13, and whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What Jesus was saying there is that whatever you demand in my name, I will step in and make it happen. So Jesus and God have entrusted to us so much power and authority to demonstrate the power of God on earth. And who are the guys that are disturbing us, make, trying to hijack, hijack hijack our will is demons powers of darkness and i'm showing from the word of god that you have authority over those powers you have a power over those forces amen so whatever is trying to control you in your life 
whatever is trying to rule your mind, I'm reminding you this morning that you have authority over that thing. So the problem is not God anoints me. God give me power. No. That is what the conventional Christian believe. You know, especially, it depends on where you're coming from. Especially if you're coming from Africa like I'm coming from. We always, we've been taught. I was taught. Not, maybe you guys may come from somewhere else. I was taught that you know, I need to have a prophet over my life. I need a man of God over my life. You know, everything was always centered around the man of God or a special meeting, and they try to get us to be in church every day, right, with taking offering for in all of those meetings. And many other things that happened behind the scenes. So, guys, for you guys who were just worshiping us all for the first time, I say things as they, as, as they are. I'm called to speak the truth. I say it as it is. I'm a pastor too, but I say it as it is. Some people will get offended. Glory be to God. I perform for the audience of one, and that is God. So if I say some things that, that tackle some doctrine, it's because God has called me to deliver people from the bondage of religion. You hear more about my calling at the New Jonas Cross if you attend. Amen. So, talking about the believer's authority, I was not taught that I have authority over the believer. So if anything happens in the middle of the night, I should be calling pastor or use my anointing oil. But what if I don't have access to the bottle of oil? Or I need a mantle. What if my little one, you know, ripped the mantle or three somewhere? Or maybe I left it on the bus or something. What I'm trying to say to you here is that the power of God is not tangible to the highs. Is <laughs> we receive it by faith in Christ Jesus. Long story, we, come, we get to that at some point. The power of God is the Holy Spirit, is in the Holy Spirit whom he is given to us. Ephesians 3.20 tells us that unto him... Ephesians 3.20, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think according to the power that is at work in you. The power is in you. The power is in me. So the problem is not God giving me power. It's already there. It's a revelation, increasing revelation, understanding of the power and the authority of God at work in you that makes a difference. It's one thing for you to discover that there's a power of God at work in you is another thing for you to release that power. Amen. It's another thing for you to release it. And these are the things I'm going to be teaching us, how to release the power of God on the inside of you. But I believe God is speaking to someone this morning, and that's why he's leading him in this direction. I think so God wants to kind of like help someone up. So if the enemy... So if the authority and the power of God, the believer's authority in a sense, is that significance to the victory and, and the freedom and the peace that the believer experiences, so do you think the devil would want you to just coast? He would want you to know it? No. And as I continue to teach you guys about the believer's authority, you see, it has to sink into the point whereby it reflects in how you carry yourself, how you walk. As you guys saw how I walked in, that's how I walk up. 24-7. You can't catch me somewhere timid and moaning. And, you know, because when you are depressed, when you, when you are depressed and you are, you see, you, you, you engage in self-pity and you have a sense of, ah, me, victim mentality, the devil will be hitting popcorn on your head. He will be giving you more problems. You know, you see, this, you see, you see all these, many of these demonic movements that seems to sound like human right. I've been initiated by the devil to, 
to put people in bondage. There are movements that preaches and communicate. The government did this to you. You know, uh, you're a victim of circumstance. You can't help yourself. And all manner of stuff that I don't want to go to for political reasons because I don't want riots today. Today is Sunday. Today, last Sunday of November. I, I, can't, I don't want to do riots today. I get to me. So what I'm trying to call out is, just watch this picture. Uh, you guys will soon find out I have a, I'm an actor, in a sense. So just imagine someone uh, on their sofa with a, butt, with a tub of ice cream and soaking up and moaning and crying and grumbling, yeah, they didn't give me this. This happened to me. My brother is this. My mother doesn't even care. So, so those kind of people, the devil doesn't need to invest much. No, no, that's easy work. He will just sit down. Say, have, can you remember your auntie, uh, Cecilia? She said your head is not correct. I was like, oh, my auntie. So what I'm trying to say, when you put yourself in a, point, in a position of a victim, you make yourself more accessible and available for the devil to use. There's some people who then get angry. I'm going to kill, kill you. They're going to go kill themselves or they're going to go kill someone. They believe I'm a Christian. They do not know who they are in Christ Jesus. When a believer carries a mindset or, 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 or sustain an emotion of defeat, it's because they do not know who they are, what they carry. I repeat, I said last week, I repeat again. The believer is, we are not ordinary human beings. We are not. The believer is not an ordinary human being. Christ in you, the hope of glory. You carry Jesus on the inside of you. When you enter places, you are to manifest the power of God. You know what we do on Sunday? We come to church on Sunday, community, fellowship, but also your pastor, just ensure you, you attend the church where the pastor said is correct, like my own. And put something on the inside of you on Sunday to go and scatter the word on, on, during the week. Come back on Sunday and recharge you. Amen. You enter Transformers Connect on Wednesday. Put something on the inside of you. As you read your Bible, study the word, something. You enter the word. You cause commotion will come back. Cause the riots come back. And then um, we, we clean up the mess. Amen. The believers should not allow themselves to be subjective to any power authority other than the power and the authority of God. And the power and the authority of God does not put people in bondage. Any preacher, any Christian that tries to control you and force you to do anything, they are demonic. Amen. They are demonic because it's demons who force things on them. Jesus said, he said, the masters of the people of the world, they lord things over them, but I don't lord things over you. Rather, I serve you guys. So people wonder why I don't try to hold people down when they come and go. I say, you know, because I'm not offering what many people are looking for. Jesus says the truth that makes people free. So I'm going to prioritize that. And yes, you guys don't have this. No, this is not the place for you. I've been... I've been, I've been to places, you know, have all of the natural accomplishments. Somebody was even telling me a lot of stuff about some, some people I respect in the faith, but that's just for another day. But the, but the people these guys are leading, can I, it's a pity. You know, when you're talking to a believer who has been a Christian for over 30 years and they don't understand what the gospel is, ask them, why did Jesus die? They don't know. You know, I was hosting a believer one day, and, um, and this person goes around. They go to meetings. They go to, you know, and you think they're very, very spiritual. That's why you don't be moved by what you see. 
I just felt in my spirit to ask him a question. So why did Jesus die? They were startled. They, for five minutes, they could not tell me why Jesus died. And they said, oh, can I be honest? I don't know. And I'm thinking, what are you doing? Where you're going? Praise the Lord. I don't know how I got there, but I know what I'm talking about. So, the believer should not allow themselves to be subject to any authority other than Jesus' authority. And, and so, a word coming to my heart for you people here is that don't try to control anyone. Don't allow the spirit of control come inside of you. <laughs> come on, inside of you. I just call it spirit of control. If anyone is trying to control you or trying to force you to do something, it is not the spirit of Christ. If someone comes to me today and says, oh, Pastor, uh, we believe God is leading us somewhere else, somewhere else, I'm going to pray for them and send them forth very quickly. We don't control people. We don't hold people down. We don't have right and control over people. It's demons that do that. So I don't know, who's, I don't know what control is going on somewhere, somewhere, and someone watching or listening to me. But hopefully you've gotten the message from the Holy Ghost because it's not in my message at all today, but it keeps coming to my spirit. Control. Be very careful. Uh, finally, before I get into what I have for you guys today, uh, we just touch maybe two lines again. We'll continue next week. Uh, in my own life, I had to wrestle not to control people when I was starting out in ministry. I was sharing that with someone a few days ago, and it was bad. It was a war. Because when I was growing up, you know, people at the level of exposure to ministry that I was at that time, you know, when people are when when people are about to buy a car, they must tell you. When people are about to anything they want to do, they must tell you. And everything in me does not agree with it. But that's how I was living my life back then. And when I knew that God was calling me to pastor, I, I said, Father, Lord, this, I don't like this emotion. I don't like this thing in me. And Lord, we're going to deal with this. Because I'm not going to go do this thing except you help me to deal with this. I want to learn to mind my business. It was a wrestle, but overcame. And that's why people, when some people try, try I, I don't, like, sorry, we didn't tell you. I'm thinking, why do you even tell me? You have your own life to live. Nobody has a right to control your life. We should all have a sense of accountability, but no one has a right to control your life. Amen. If I'm traveling, I'll tell my, I'll tell my family to get and I'm traveling. I just have a sense of accountability for me. I get to me. Praise God. I don't know about, like, I think I'm speaking to someone there. I don't, about, I don't really know what I'm saying in my own mind, but I believe God is speaking to someone. And guess what? 120% of the time, I always get a feedback to say, thank you, Pastor, for sharing that word. I'm thinking, do you know I did not even want to talk about it? Amen. That's why you don't miss Sunday service. Because God will speak to you. It's not something you watch online. If you're not there, you won't receive it. It's not a cross, it's the truth. Amen. So last week, I started talking about believers' authority. I hope someone has been blessed by those things that uh, I've been shared with you guys. And uh, like I was trying to charge us earlier on that believers... We carry the power of God on the inside of us. Now, there's a, there difference, there, there's a difference between power and authority. Power is the ability to do. The ability to perform. The ability to make something happen. But authority is the right to give orders. Right to enforce obedience. So Jasmine may have the power to lift an object, because she's strong, you know, she uses the gym like seven days a week, right? 
uh, her biceps. Oh my goodness. Right. So, uh, is it biceps? What's it called? Is, babe, what's, is it? So, I don't, because I got to be careful. Is it the one you call biceps? The one in the hand, right? She signs. Okay, that's the one. Praise God. Right, right. Good, good. So, um, I've not seen Justin biceps. I'm just thinking, if you go to the gym seven days a week, Lord help me so I can. I think I, I start with lifting 15 kg. Right. So, I was trying to show. So, Jasmine might be able to lift maybe a 50, kg, 50 kilogram object, I mean, easily. She has the ability, she has the power to do that. But when I tell her to lift something, I'm exercising authority. Right? She has the power to lift anything 50 kg and above, but she can choose not to lift it. And she can choose to lift something that I ask her not to lift and put it somewhere I don't want her to put it. Me telling her, Jasmine, please, lift here and put it here. And she obeys, shows I have the level of authority over her in that boundary. See, it would be stupid of me to go to Jasmine's home and say, Jasmine, why did you have that frame on that wall there? You should put it here. If Jasmine knows what she's doing, she say, Sunday, thank you for coming. That's the door. People should not come into your home and tell you how to run your home. It's not right. They can make suggestions. They can send advice. But people come into your home and say, you know, ah, what are you people doing? This is Nigerian version, right? What are you people trying to do? What is this? Why will you buy a 75 inches TV? That's the last time they will come to my house. That thing is demonic, but many people do not know. It's natural to the flesh. It's very common in Africa where you come from. I avoid a lot of adult people, a lot of older people. I avoid a lot of people because I don't like people controlling me. Amen. So next week I'll start talking about the boundaries of authority, but I'm trying to, um, I'm trying to differentiate between power and authority. Let's turn our Bibles to Luke 10, 19. Luke 10, 19. So I'm reading from New King James Version today. New King James Version. It said, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by enemies hurt you. Amen. Nothing shall by enemies hurt you. I give you authority. Serpents, scorpions are kind of an archetype of demons. They have power. They can destroy. When a teenager says, "I don't," something came over me, and I went to do this. I went to do that. It's demons operating in him. Many of the things that people do in the world today are demonic. It's demons giving them inspiration. Let's go to Ephesians chapter two, verse one. Ephesians two one. It reads, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air. Excuse me. So it means that in the, 
I don't want to say heavenly space. <laughs> in the invisible realm, there are forces there, right? But in the air, there are forces and demonic powers. There are powers operating. There are, there are angels operating. There are angels around us here. There are demons somewhere, somewhere there too, looking for entry. Uh, they're looking for road to uh, road of entry. Get it? It's the one you open yourself up to that you, you that um, will accommodate you. We'll talk more about that in future. So don't be scared about any demons. When people come out and they say demons, demons, I'm like, yeah, demons are everywhere. They have the right to operate. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, we rest not against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places, in the heavenly place. They are there. So when people say they are going to the heavenly place to go and tear down the kingdom of darkness, they are just joking. Those guys have the right to operate till the lease of Adam runs out. I'll talk more about that in future. The believer's business is to focus on the authority, enforcing the authority, enforcing the obedience, enforcing the will of God on earth. That's the believer's business. Somebody coming to tell you how many witches are in your father's house is in their business. Of all things to do, is counting the number of witches in Milton Kings. There are witches there. There are witches. What's my business with that? Can I say something to you? What you focus on more, the most, is what you'll be conscious of the most. So whatever you are always conscious of is an indication of what you have been feeding your mind on, with. What are you thinking about? What are you listening to? I know a church in, back in Africa, and they have many branches here as well. You know, when they, so one of their members was speaking to me, said, you know, sometimes when we're in church, if my, the person sitting next to me cough in a funny way that looks, sounds scary, you know, I'll start, I'll start binding and casting. So in the church, we're looking at each other. We are thinking, which one has a witch? Which one is this? And if any, someone stares at you in a way that makes you feel uncomfortable, this very heavy enemy of this and that, 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 that. But what are they, they are playing against the fellow Christian in the church because they stared at, they stared at you in an, that makes you feel uncomfortable. Go and watch the life of such Christians. They experience demonic attacks, unusual level of demonic attacks. Because if you magnify devil and demons, they will accommodate you. They will spend time with you. Do you think I don't go through demonic attacks? What I went through last week or two weeks ago, just because God was preparing me to start talking about believers' authority. When I start. There are nights I, I didn't sleep all through the night because it was some manner of things in my face. I didn't even spend time to pray about them because I knew they were coming from. We'll talk more about that in the future. The devil always tries to get your attention. But your ability to stand in your rights and privileges in Christ Jesus and not pay attention to the enemy embarrasses the enemy. It will come with fear. It will come with something. Don't pay attention. Choose to speak what the word of God says. Amen. Where was I? So I was talking about the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians chapter 2, verse uh, uh, 1 to 3 there. So demons are operating the world. They have the right to operate. But you have authority over them. Amen. Say I have authority. Don't forget, definition of authority, one of the key definitions of authority that you should not forget is that it's a right to enforce obedience. Let me see what I have in my notes. So I says, uh, let me go there. The, the, yeah, so the power or right to give others, make decisions, 
and enforce obedience. Jesus has given Jesus has given you the authority, the right to give orders. So when you see demons oppressing anywhere, you have the right to give them orders. You don't negotiate with demons. You give them orders. That's why it's, it is very important that we understand, we know what God has called us to do. We know who he has called us to be. We understand our rights and privileges in Christ. It's very important that we learn to walk with God. Constantly thinking about what God wants to do in any situation or do through our life. If we don't give ourselves to what God wants to do through us, demons can accommodate us. And when demons, if they don't even accommodate us because maybe we are sound believers, but if, we're not, if we are not mindful of what God wants us to do, you know, how he wants to walk through us to reveal his manifold wisdom to principalities and powers, when demons are taking over and hijacking things, we will, not, we will not be using our authority. We will not be enforcing obedience. We will not be telling them what to do and what not to do. And sometimes unconsciously, we, not recognizing their oppression, we begin to embrace their lifestyle. In some of the secular songs that you listen to. Amen. Some, many secular songs are demonic. I don't want to start mentioning their names. And it's sad how many teenagers and even young adults, Christians, will be shaking their head to these songs. Read the lyrics. It, it's so simple. It's so simple. Every secular song you sing, list the lyrics. The things they are singing now to you are these things what the Bible say you should sing. The things they sing out, are they in line with the Bible? Or the full-blown operation of demons and darkness? It's a simple question. So when people come and ask me and say, Pastor, is singing is a secular song a sin? First question is, what is the song singing? If it calls you a female dog, is that what Jesus says you are? If the song says that um, you should go and rob someone or you should go and cheat people, you should stab people, should, is, that, is, is that operation of the kingdom of God? It's so simple. So many people of us, we, we like this song. I was at the wedding one day and they played this song. When I had the melody, my body wanted to move. I said, you better don't move because I know the content of that song. And my shoulder, just, can you see my shoulder moving? My shoulder wanted to, I said... You, be, you better behave yourself because I know what the song... So, so on, the, on the chair, I was saying to my shoulder, behave yourself because we are not dancing to this one. <laughs> Seriously. I talk to myself a lot. My wife can tell you I, I'm very weird. Because what, what you meditate on, what you, what you take in in the form of a melody can easily get into your heart, your subconscious mind. Condition your heart. And you act certain things out on reflex. Amen. So that's it about secular songs. There's more to it, but um, get more of that later on. So if we are not in line with God, constantly seeking God to understand what he wants to do through our lives, we will not be able to enforce obedience where we ought to. Amen. And when I say obedience, telling demons to stay out of certain places, out of certain lives, because God wants to show, show forth his, his grace, his goodness, his kindness. Amen. I hope someone is getting blessed this morning. Amen. So uh, let me quickly go through a few things I have in my notes. 
to bless you guys because what I've shared with you guys so far is what I believe the Holy Spirit wants me to share with you guys this morning. Uh, okay, uh, let me let's look at um, one second, guys. Let's look at Acts chapter nineteen, verse eleven. I'm thinking of how quickly can I do this? Acts nineteen. I'll, I'll start from verse eleven. Uh, let me go there. Acts eleven. Acts nineteen eleven. I want just want to give us one more point to sh- show us that we have authority. Demons have power, but we have authority over them. Watch this. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick. And the disease left them and the evil, watch this, and the disease left them and the evil spirit went out of them. Authority. (laughs) This is even manifestation of authority by contact. Then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirit, saying, we exorcise you by by the Jesus whom Paul preaches also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest, who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, watch that. I'll take verse 16 again. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was lived on them, overpowered them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of the of that house naked and wounded. Demons have power, but this guy says that Paul, Jesus didn't know. Paul didn't know. <laughs> Jesus Christ, my Lord. Demons know you. Demons know me. See, they know you not based on how you look or your natural accomplishment, but the one who lives on the inside of you. You know one interesting thing about demons. If you don't really understand who is on the inside of you, they will play games with you. They will mess you up. Amen. If demons know that you cannot exercise authority, you don't know it, you'll be calling Jesus, Lord, help me. Jesus, why? And they will play games on you, messing you about. If you don't know what is on the inside of you, if you don't know that Christ lives on the inside of you, if you don't have a revelation understanding that you have the power, on the inside of you, and you have the right to others. Others. If you don't know, I'm not talking about head knowledge. If you don't know on the inside, I've been to places that when demons see me, they start running. Because when I enter such places, I go with the consciousness of the authority that I have. Demons have charged at me several times so on the phone. I mean, they will hijack the person's voice and charge at me and things like that. And I tell them, shut up. Someone, I said, keep your mouth shut. Because I have established in my mind, I've seen Jesus in my mind. What I mean is this. I've imagined Jesus give, delegating to me authority to tell demons. There's so many meditations I've done in this area. That's why I can teach without my without note. I've done so much meditation to the point that it's established in my mind that demons know Jesus is their boss. We're going to go to Colossians 1.16 very soon. And me being a member of the body of Christ, I have authority to give orders. So when I'm speaking, I know that that demon knows that I carry Jesus. 
I know that I, that, that demon know, that both of us know, that when I command them in the name of Jesus, they must obey. That's a consciousness that I maintain. Amen. Colossians 1.16, let's quickly go there and then we shut down. Colossians 1.16. Watch this. Say, for by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him, and is before all things, and in him all things consist, and is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Do you know what the other verse is telling us? Many things. Jesus is the boss. Demons were created through Jesus and for Jesus. I say that with caution. I believe demons are rebel spirits. But your thought, the fact that a de- an angel became a demon, I don't know how the theology, let me first of all admit that, but I know that demons are rebel spirits. There's a lot of theology behind it. I'm still studying. I've not gotten there yet. But let me, at this point of my level of understanding, demons are rebel spirits, right? So if Jesus created angels to serve us and some became demons in the process, right? Please excuse all the theology for now. That does not, the fact that a an angel became a demon does not excuse the fact that Jesus has authority over him, over it. You just know what I mean? So, the fact that I created something and I have every right and control of it, right, and that thing starts acting funny, does not mean I don't have the power to shut it down. But that may not even really, I don't think that really struck the chord, but I'm trying to, but there's, there's, there's a picture I have in my spirit about the authority of Jesus over demons. Because many people, many Christians, they fear demons and they diminish the power of Jesus. But the Bible makes us understand that everything that was created, that ever exists on this earth, were created through Jesus. And Jesus is Lord over everything. And that's why when, uh, they, uh, they were in that instance, the, the madman at Gadara, when, he saw, when they cited Jesus, they tremble. They say, have you come to destroy us before our time? Because demons know that their time is limited on earth. And there's a time for them to be destroyed. So demons know stuff. They know their time is short. They know Jesus is their boss. When demons see Jesus, they just bow. They just shift. And you carry Jesus on the inside of you. So which means... So if demons are controlling your life, you should be saying to yourself, this picture is not, something is not right with this picture. So I need to spend more time understanding and speaking and establishing that I carry Jesus, who is the head of all principality and power. And you need to do this meditation so long that it becomes default in your mind. Let's stop there. Praise the Lord. So I'm going to put, so if you are taking notes, just put comma. It means no full stop, just put comma. We'll continue from them next week. So we say to be continued. Amen. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for how you've spoken to us, through us, to be a blessing to one another. We thank you for this journey, helping us understand that demons may have power, but we have authority over them. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that this reality will be established in our mind, in our heart, that we'll be able to enforce authority and obedience on earth that your kingdom may grow, your kingdom may be advanced, 
that the name of Jesus may be glorified in our homes, in our communities, in our nations, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. For in Jesus' name, we are praying. Amen.